1: Welcome to The Chronic Podcast with host Ralph Malbro and featuring bloggers Andrew Juge of SaintsNation.com, Kevin Held of The Team Drops the Ball, and Dave Cariello of Canal Street Chronicles. This podcast is nothing but serious football talk and hardcore analysis.
2: Which four of you would survive the longest in the zombie apocalypse, and in which order would you die? Well, Ralph, no offense,
0: you're going first. Oh, definitely. <laughs> 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 The zombies would smell Dave's sugar blood and target him. (laughs) (laughs) They'd get
3: his... I don't even have a joke, Dave!
1: Dave Dave smells like nougat! Now here's your host, Ralph Malbrook.
2: Welcome to the Chronic Podcast. As always, we are sponsored by the Pelican House in Baton Rouge, 2572 City Place Court. They have 136 draft beers. You could be there right now watching LSU beat on Tulane. Yeah, suck on uh, that, Dave.
4: Yeah, I've been watching it. They, I was really pissed in the 5th when they left the bases loaded and they stranded all three of those That's guys. That's
2: the wave for you. But you could be at the Pelican House drinking one of 136 draft beers, the Pelican House, Baton Rouge, You should support them because they support us. All right. Before we get to the final four of the most hated Saints player ever, uh, the Saints did have a little bit of news. They re-signed Robert Meacham. Uh, I personally am not against them re-signing Robert Meacham, but, Andrew, I wanted – I was hoping that they would do a little bit better in the veteran market and after Sidney Rice signed with Seattle – it was kind of like, eh, there's not much left out there. Um, resigning Robert Meacham, forget the, the, the whole thing of do they need to draft a young receiver or anything. Just the move of resigning Robert Meacham, how does that impact them, I think, in 2014?
0: I mean, I think it was an important thing to do. Um, I mean, look, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that Meacham is as good as he used to be or that he necessarily was even amazing ever. Um, you know, the meet you around was awesome and all, but, um, no, I, I think he, he's a role player and I think he's a veteran. I mean, I think he's a guy that knows the system. They can come in, plug in the saints, know what they're going to get from him and they get him at the veterans minimum. So, um, what, what, more can you ask for? He's a guy that'll come in camp and compete. Um, and if you look at the playoffs, I mean, anytime they were kind of in pound and ground pound it mode, uh, with, um, Kyrie Robinson or Mark Ingram, he was usually in there as the lone blocking receiver. So um he he's kinda I remember as Devry Henderson kinda aged gracefully, I thought, with the Saints because um, as he got a little bit slower, um he got he did a better job with his hands, did a better job with his routes. Route. He, he, he became a much better blocker. Um and I, I kinda feel like well Meacham still can't catch a cold sometimes, but <laughs> I do think he's gotten a lot better with his blocking, so he's kind of aged into his role as his Roll skills up. have started to decline. So um, I don't know. It's a good player to have, but yeah, they definitely need to draft a guy too.
2: Dave, over under on Meacham's catches in Las Vegas is set at thirty four and a half.
4: Is that really true?
2: No, it's not really
4: true. Okay. <laughs>
2: it's Set you at only, what thirty three that day? Thirty four always... and a
0: half. Is that, is that because, really the I,
4: because one? what because because the amount of things that Vegas puts odds tremendous. on it always it is always surprising. So, I'm... I, I, nothing surprising but counts,
0: but, Vegas. Yes, but <laughs> Ralph's, like, hypotheticals are like, the odds of Cam Jordan wearing a diaper in Week 17.
2: I mean, <laughs> I, you know Wait, Maybe it's because I say it with such authority, Dave, Andrew, and I'm a gambling addict. It is convincing. Yeah. So, over-under, Meacham catches, Dave, 34-and-a-half.
0: Pick the under. Yeah.
2: Uh...
4: Definitely the under. I think Beacham's role with the Saints is going to be more, you know, as a blocker. Not necessarily, you know, or maybe clearing out uh, some space for other receivers to find uh, holes in, in the zone. But I don't really think he's going to be catching more than 30 some passes. All
2: right. So the Saints extended, uh, they announced they're, they're ex- picking up the option on Cam Jordan for 2015, and they're going to pay him like $7 million. They have the same option for Mark Ingram, but it's $5.2 million. And Kevin, uh, we're going to play a game, and you're going to be the first contestant on what's more more likely. The Saints pay Mark Ingram $5.2 million or crazy shit happens. So first scenario, the Saints pay Mark – more likely to happen. Saints pay Mark Ingram $5.2 million or Edwin Edwards is elected to Congress.
3: Edwin Edwards gets elected to Congress.
2: <laughs> Andrew, do you agree with Kevin? <laughs>
0: uh, uh, well, is Edwin Edwards still in jail?
2: No, he's out.
0: He's out. He's, out. he's, running for, right. he's, okay.
2: he's really running for Congress, so it could, it
0: could hypothetically actually happen. Oh, he's happen. actually running for Congress right now? Yeah. yeah. How old is he? 80. He's got to be in his 80s, right? 83. Oh my god.
2: They got the guy in Texas running who's ninety one.
0: Well, look, Edwin Edwards somehow uh, somehow the, the the only human in Louisiana that he could actually beat at the point in time that he was running for governor w- was against him and David Duke. Like somehow that was somehow somehow that was his opponent back Klansman. then. Klansman. Yeah. yeah. So so, so Louisiana. Uh, I remember back then I was a kid and everyone that was voting was saying, well, I either vote for the racist or Edwin Edwards, so I guess I'm gonna vote for Edwin Edwards. I can't believe I'm doing this. <laughs> um, so, anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like Edwin Edwards will, you know, he's got money on his side. He can buy his, he can buy a seat. We know everything's for sale in politics. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with, I'm with Kevin. Dave, what's more
2: likely to happen? Mark Ingram is paid $5.2 million by the Saints in 2015, or Lindsay Lohan wins an Oscar. Me? Yeah, you.
4: Uh, I think Lindsay Lohan winning an Oscar is probably the most likely out of all three of those scenarios, Edwin Edwards and Mark Ingram. Uh, To be honest with you, I mean, stranger things have happened, but...
0: uh, All right, Kevin. I I feel like a better question would have been: Does Edwin Edwards live long enough to see out his term?
2: Ooh, that's a good. Well, he's kind of he's he's got like a six-month-old baby, so he's in pretty good shape, apparently. At least, allegedly. Allegedly. (laughs) I mean, I I want him to win, and I'm a monopoly-wearing monocle conservative, but I just want (laughs) Edwin Edwards to win. I just want Edwin Edward Edwards to win because I want him to be on the press and just he's, – he's going, he's going full Edwin Edward Edwards now. Like he doesn't even pretend to be like kind of – he's just like, hey, I'm a crazy Cajun, vote for me. And, you know, people probably will vote. I don't know. You know I'm, picturing, <laughs> I'm picturing
3: Ralph as like a gilded age – it's like a gilded age, like oil baron, like an oligarch. Like it's just – like Ralph in a stovepipe, top hat, and a monocle, like like looking like that fucker on the cover of the New Yorker.
2: <laughs> I am. It is. That's it, great. It is me. All right, this one, this one's an interesting one that I came up with, um, Kevin. Pelicans make the playoffs more likely than Mark from getting five point two million dollars. Ingram's getting his five. Ingram's getting his five point two million. Before that, nah. I don't. Fo- I don't
3: follow the NBA enough. I know enough to know that the Pelicans are in the shitter right now, and and they're wasting <laughs> fucking. They're wasting the eyebrow.
2: Uh, all right, Andrew. This one's for you, and this is the final one. Uh, more likely to happen: Ingram gets five point two million dollars, or Kevin writes three columns in 2014.
0: All right. Well, it's almost May. Yeah. So basically, he's got to go at a... Uh, uh, I mean, he's basically got one column every two months, a little bit more leeway than that. Yeah. Um, so he's basically... like a, He's got to really crank it out. I mean, three, <laughs> three posts in seven months... Man, I'm gonna go with Ingram, five point two million. Cocksucker. <laughs>
2: <Talk> <laughs> um and final now, is this, is
0: you this, when you say post, do you mean like he can post like two sentences just to fill no, his be quota like or does he two, actually have to do a gotta, power ranking?
2: It's gotta be like at least two hundred and fifty words or like four YouTube clips of wrestling.
0: No, I'm going with Ingram.
2: All right. <laughs> to wrap this up, what would Ingram have to do statistics-wise in 2014 to – because the Saints aren't going to pick up the option. But what would he have to do in 2014 to make $5 million from some team in 2015? What statistically would he have to do?
0: Who's that question for? I mean he'd have,
4: he, 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 he'd have to have a 1,000-yard season, I, th- I
0: think. I don't even yeah. think that'd be enough. I mean, no, no Sean Moreno no got what, 3 million? Yeah. I mean, yeah, but that's. How
4: old be. is No Sean Moreno? Like
0: 27,
4: right? All no, right, so I mean, I think Ingram's younger now.
0: Mm, maybe like by a year. Yeah. I, w- yeah.
2: I would say he'd have to get 1,400 yards. Yeah. And um, be. And be just a monster in the playoffs. Because then some team would be like, We got Mark Ingram! He had 170 yards in the NFC Championship! Because like, teams just don't pay running back. I, I think you'd have to do some crazy-ass shit to get $5 million from some team.
0: Somehow, Darren McFadden got more money this offseason than Sean Arena did.
2: That's insane.
0: Yeah.
3: I could, I, could see, I could see him getting the money if he got... Between a thousand and twelve hundred, but he scooped up a ton of goal line touchdowns oh, yeah. and and shit like that. Like like oh Pierre, thanks for you know thanks for doing most of the legwork here. We'll let Mark take it from here. And and but you know like I could definitely see Mark Ingram getting a thousand yards or eleven 1, hundred yards, but getting like twelve touchdowns, thirteen touchdowns rushing, and like a f- and like three or four more, uh, receiving from you know inside the five, and you know. Fuck! T- t- take take your pick of of jackass teams that would go ape shit over that. The Raiders, uh, the Browns, fuck Pittsburgh would probably ejaculate uh, mayonnaise uh, for for that. Their fan base would. All right. Um,
0: I mean, if if you're looking at, I mean, No. is a 26 year old running back. I'm looking at the stats right now. He's 26. Um, he literally Ingram's 24. So there is a two year difference, but Ingram would hit the market next year at 25 and no Sean is coming off a 1000 yard rushing season, 10 touchdowns, 500 yards receiving three more touchdowns receiving. So he's basically 1500 yards receiving and rushing and 13 touchdowns. I mean, it, that that's like Dalton Hilliard in 89 top top type numbers. Before he hit free agency, and that got him a one-year deal for three million dollars. Yeah. So, I, I just think Ingram would have to put up Adrian Peterson type numbers to get five million. So maybe eighteen hundred rushing and oh receiving.
2: My God.
0: I mean, I think I think you would have to rush. I, I maybe not that much, but I, I think Ingram would have to rush for at least twelve to thirteen hundred yards to get or, that kind of money.
2: Or get a thousand yards, like Kevin said, and double-digit touchdowns, and do something ridiculous in a playoff game.
0: Yeah, yeah, like run for 250 yards in a playoff game. Yeah, exactly.
2: Or the Super Bowl, and then we'd want the Saints to pay him 5000000 mil. be like, you got <laughs> to keep Ingram. He ran for 280 in the Super Bowl.
3: Ran for 280. Dude, if he runs for 280, I'm personally flying fucking back, and I will be the first guy – on the – to board the Mark Ingram uh, bandwagon. I will, I will hold everyone off at gunpoint so the rest <laughs> of you all can come on board.
2: Andrew, mark this, da- mark this down in the archives. I might have to pull it.
3: It's earmarked.
2: Um, all right. Yeah,
3: there's only one thing you're going to be pulling, and it ain't going to be that audio <laughs> file.
2: All right. Um, is there any other Saints news? I mean Graham isn't signed. He, they said he was going to be signed by today, but he's not. Lies. Hmm. Is there is there any worry about is is our is our feelings about Jimmy Graham gonna get done eventually? Is it, Dave? I'll start with you and just go around the horn quick. Is there anything that's changed your opinion or has, has you worried that Graham might play on the one year deal or might get really contentious?
4: No, I think I think they'll still get a long term deal done. Uh, I was hoping they would get it done before the draft, but. That 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 may not be happening now, but uh, at the end of the by the time by the start of the training camp, I'm sure Graham will be playing under a long term
2: contract.
0: Andrew, yeah, I agree with Dave. I mean, I think the the date that something has to get done by is in July. So I I don't really see Mickey Loomis uh, feeling any pressure to get it done. Sig- you know, a significant amount of time before then. So um, I I think it's definitely going to be after the draft. Kevin? After the draft.
2: All right. Um. Now we'll get to the final four of the worst, most hated saint ever. Uh, and we each have a person that we're going to make the case for. So I'll start it off. And I have every Hazlitt linebacker. And uh, doing the research for this, it infuriated me even more, if that's possible. Because when I did it last time, I just wrote down the names real quick. But let's go through it, shall we? Cedric second-round pick, 01. James Allen, third-round pick, 2002. C. Grant, third-round pick, 2003. Courtney Watson, second-round pick, 2004. Kobe Buckwalt, seventh-round pick, 2004, who Andrew managed to mix in on the part of one of the best draft classes ever in Saints history. I think you were high. (laughs) Um, and And he wrap it up with Alfred Fincher, third round, 2005. That's fucking six garbage truck linebackers. And Andrew, these weren't like fifth, sixth, seventh round picks. These were second and third round picks, all of them, except for one of them. Jim Hazlitt couldn't pick a fucking linebacker out of a police lineup to save his fucking life. It was the... uh, It signified everything that was wrong with the Hazlitt era. Now, Kevin's going to make the the thing for Venturi later or whatever, but my God, Jim Hazlitt was a Pro Bowl linebacker, and he sucked at picking linebackers. And if you throw in the ones that they signed as free agents, like Orlando Ruff, it makes it worse. I'm not saying that it should be the worst... That this should be the most hated saint of all time, but I'm saying, god damn it, it should win versus Jason David, who Dave is going to make the case for next. So, Dave, you're up with Jason David.
4: That's all. That's all you got.
2: That's all I got. I mean, fucking, it's it <laughs> it's it's six fucking trained. Th- they are room temperature linebackers, all six of them.
4: Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean to. to you know i'll I'll treat this as if we're in 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 the courtroom and uh <laughs> I, I mean the problem and i come from a family of of lawyers a whole family of lawyers so oh, you're, Jesus. you're you're in trouble but i mean first first we've got to address the fact that you you practically made an argument for how bad jim Hazlitt is Almost as much, if not more so, than the actual linebackers. Okay, you're representing the linebackers themselves. But – and they may have been bad. But isn't that really more the fault of Jim Hazlitt, who is also in our bracket? Uh, oh, no, he's not in our bracket. He got None
2: eight. of them lasted more than
4: three years. None of them. And that's all fine. And they may <laughs> all have very well sucked, but, but I don't know.
0: Oh, they sucked. Oh, they sucked. Well, <laughs>
4: verily but, and I don't verily but I don't really know if if they the players themselves necessarily I mean they they bear some of the blame of course but I don't know if they bear all of the blame but I I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about about Jason David um he was uh he was drafted in uh in the 4th round by the Colts in 2004 and he played for the Colts and he was on their Super Bowl winning team when they beat the Chicago Bears in the Super Bowl in 2006 or two, yes, two thousand. Um, of course, the Saints sign him. You know, they think they're getting one of the top cornerbacks in in free agency, which in a, in a sense they were. But Jason David came from a, from a system, a defensive system in Indianapolis, where he was a cover guy, and, and he was he did very well in the cover two scheme that Dungey was running in Indianapolis but when he came to new orleans they forced him to play man to man coverage and that was basically you know fitting trying to fit a square peg in a round hole and it just it just never worked um it's it's hard to really throw out any stats the, the I, we'll talk about the bad first i mean obviously we can We just watched Jason David and we just knew he was bad you can't necessarily point to any stats when it comes to defensive backs um, there aren't as many measurables, but I think the most memorable thing uh that uh, from from jason david's time was when the football outsiders they were a young website at the time they were fairly new, and they were um they were putting together the success rate of all the NFL quarterbacks for 2007, and Jason David had the worst success rate in 2007, 32%. Um, that was uh, this. This was like toward the end of the 2007 season, and what they found was that Jason David gave up 14.5. Yards per pass when, when when an opponent threw in his direction, uh, they found that when a when a team threw at a hole in the zone, they only completed 11.9 yards. So in other words, Jason David was giving up more yardage per pass than ha- having a guy with no coverage in no coverage. <laughs> he was worse than no coverage. If, if in other words, Ralph, like you said last time, if you were a quarterback. And you had one receiver who was wide open and a receiver who was being covered by Jason David. Statistically, you had a better chance of gaining more yardage throwing to the guy that Jason David was covering than the guy that's open. Okay, that's the only statistically, mathematically, that's the only thing I, I can tell you to put in perspective how poor he was for the Saints. Uh, that's um, good
2: stuff. The only rebuttal I have is C. Grant, he injured himself eating a sandwich in the locker room. <laughs> That's the only rebuttal I
0: have. <laughs> All right, have.
4: fair point. Fair point. Fair point. That's what I'm And, not and bad.
0: Cedric, Cedric Hodge once snorted the 30-yard line. He
2: did. <laughs> James <laughs> Allen scored the touchdown that they when they beat Tampa in 2008,
0: I think it was. Yeah, because the punter yeah. was in the end zone and threw the ball at his chest.
2: Well, I mean, he still had to catch it. <laughs> True. <laughs> All
4: right. Well, anyway, whoa, 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 whoa! We yeah. are not done here. We are absolutely not done here. Um. Anyway, so the Saints released him August 17th, 2009. Um, this was the offseason prior to the Saints Super Bowl season. It, it's funny because I don't remember him being on the team all the way r- right up till when the Saints won the Super Bowl. I thought, they, I thought they got rid of him and then there were some other shitty years before they won the Super Bowl. But no, he was, he was here f- fairly recently, but um, he, he's never played another down in the NFL like that. Would, and he was 27 years old. He was released at 27 years old. He was still young and had plenty of time ahead of him in his playing career. And he was so bad with the Saints. He put so much garbage on tape with the Saints that he never found a job anywhere else in the NFL. Uh, his tenure here was, was I would say, that bad. But you know, all that being said, I, you know, he was. I think. I think Mobile Saint put it best a long time ago, he said, Jason David was a stand-up guy who never stood quite tall enough. I mean, he was a good guy. Uh, He was always nice. He was always positive. He always talked to the media in the locker room. He had to have known how he had to have felt the hatred of Saints fans for two years, like the heat of a thousand suns. He must have felt that, but he never let it get to him. And you got to give him credit for that. He was also pretty scrappy. He was kind of a tough guy. He returned from a broken forearm in four weeks. In four weeks, he recovered from a broken arm and was back out there playing. And lest we forget. I wish he had stayed hurt. <laughs> lest, oh. we, lest we forget, uh, after he made an interception, I don't know, I remember what game it was, his, his celebration was the Carlton dance. We had to give him credit for that. That was pretty good. We it was probably the Green
3: Bay game because he had three interceptions in that single game, and I was about ready to just like my face was going to melt like the end of Raiders of the Lost
4: Ark. <laughs> um. So anyway, you know, all in all, it was it was just a terrible run for Jason David. He 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 will forever go down in history, I think, as one of the most maligned um, players in in. In Saints history, I mean, he, he, was, he was just absolutely hated. Absolutely hated. My f- and for good reason.
2: My final rebuttal before we vote, I'm going to give you C. Grant's total NFL career in the next five seconds. He played in seven games in 2003. He had one tackle. That's, <laughs> that's his fucking career. The Saints would have been better off writing off the third-round pick as tax exemption. (laughs) So I vote linebackers. Dave, go. Who do you vote for?
4: Uh, I, I, I have to vote for Jason David, I think.
2: All right. Kevin?
4: Man, I tell you
3: what, man. Jason David had a very huge lead. Uh, g- g- going, going around the, uh, going around the far turn into the stretch, but boy, that C Grant jab really, <laughs> you really fucking narrowed it down, man. Right. Uh, unfortunately it, it was not enough. So I'm going to say, uh, Jason David wins it by, uh, two and a half lengths for all Ooh. you, uh, off track betting degenerates.
2: Dave, I mean, uh, Andrew.
0: Yeah. Um, well, it's funny, I think Hazlitt drafted Colby Bockwalt um, in, <laughs> in the se- seventh round, and he was probably the best linebacker he ever had. By far. By far. <laughs> oh,
2: that makes me laugh. Hey, um, hey, Andrew, fun question. Over-under on career tackles for Alfred Fincher, do you think he had more than 16 total tackles in four years in the NFL or less?
0: I'm going to guess he had 15 tackles. He did. Exactly. <laughs> he No, he had, he had 16. Oh, 16. Okay, 16. It was a push. Years. Oh, you tricked me.
2: Never started a game.
0: What about Courtney Watson? How many tackles did he have?
2: He had a DUI. He did have a DUI.
0: He didn't have more on. tackles than DUI. Which is nice.
2: <laughs> Courtney Watson – this, this these linebackers are awful. They're just awful. I'm so I'm so glad they made the final four. They're like a mid major that makes the final four. Yeah, it's
0: unbelievable that James Allen and Colby Bach-Waltz were his best guess. Maybe be. Derek Rogers wasn't that a free agent during that period? Courtney Watson
2: he had 66 total tackles in two years with the Saints. They oh, traded him oh, for wow.
0: Buffalo, but he never made the team. I mean that that's that's worthy of a trip to the Pro Bowl. I mean, if you're getting that many tackles under Hazlitt. It is. Uh, so, Man, this is tough. <laughs> um, you know, I think, first of all, Hazlitt linebackers has a little bit of an unfair advantage because they're all lumped together. They are. Um, and, and, and frankly, they were so bad that when we initially did this tournament— uh, we had about four or five of them in the tournament we had, to,
2: we had to consolidate.
0: Yeah, we had to consolidate. But I feel like some of these guys were so bad, they, they probably could have advanced a couple rounds. Um, but I think Jason David, he, 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 as a concept, I think if you look at the fan base... Yeah, I'm like, um, As a concept? Jason David as a
2: concept of shit.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think if you, you talk to fans about Hazlitt, you know, the, the Aaron Brooks thing... Is, is, versus Jake DeLome. I mean, that, that's really what made Hazlitt. Um, and even I would say to Bucky Jones, um, that those two things, those two items, those decisions probably get listed above um, his the linebackers he groomed as like his, his biggest failed experiment. Um, but so I think based on his legacy really being the Aaron Brooks, Jake DeLome fiasco, um, I, I just don't think – the this his poor decisions at linebacker merit being in in the finals um jason david i mean you you bring him up to any saints fan and pretty much their blood starts to boil um so um i think based on that i think david as a concept is just a more worthy finalist so i'm going to pick him too all
2: right so jason david is into the final so now andrew you get to go and you made a fantastic uh Treatise on your blog, PowerPoint presentation about Gitka being a piece of shit, but now you get to say it in the on the podcast.
0: Well, um, I have to I have to admit I'm nervous because uh, I know the burning passion with which Kevin hates Rick Venturi. Yeah, we, I, I know that he's got some things up his sleeve. Um, and I, I ride. Like, Surprising, surprisingly, surprisingly don't, he's a, he's <laughs> on the clock. He only gets
2: three and a half minutes. We can't have Kevin <laughs> going till 1045 on his hatred. of.
0: <laughs> Look, the yeah, bottom it line would just, I'd just be
2: saying, fuck.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, personally, I, I think not only is Ditka worthy of winning this individual round, but I think Didka firmly holds a place as the champion of this whole contest, um, and, you know, I think it's, it's a shame because I think when you look at Ditka, you look at his career, he was very decorated. I um, mean, he, he had been to the Pro Bowl. He had won a Super Bowl as a player, won a Super Bowl as a coach. He was in the NFL Hall of Fame. Um, you know, he basically he, on paper, he had kind of done all the things that would make you suspect that he would be successful. Um, so in three years with the Saints, um, I think the most positive thing that you can say about him uh, was his 15-33 and 33 record. Um, So, in other words, he won 15 out of 48 games, um, and that was probably the most positive contribution um, that we got from him. Um, I, I think I sum up Ditka basically in saying that everything, every decision he made, everything he touched went to shit. In three years as the head coach of the Saints, there was not one decision he made through the entirety of his tenure um, that was a good one. Um, he, he, every single decision he made was an utter disaster. He didn't cut Sammy Knight. Can you? He didn't. Well, yeah. I mean, the, <laughs> other than players that were already on the roster. No, he, Sammy Knight was a rookie. His first was an undrafted free agent, yeah. right? Yeah. So, that so he was, managed not he to did cut change. him. So yeah, that's he did, one good thing. He, he did strike gold with Sammy Knight. But <laughs> you look at you did you look at his drafts? First season, nineteen ninety seven. Uh, the first round pick is Chris Naoli. <laughs> from, uh, Utterly mediocre guard um, that, by the way, was in this tournament. Warren's mentioning that he was a top ten pick at guard. Top ten pick at guard. Um, his second round pick was, of course, Rob Kelly. Oh. Um, also in this tournament. Oh. Um, and uh, Rob Kelly, I liken him in terms of talent to to Bucky Jones. Um, I mean, he he was just an abomination on the field. Um, and Rob Kelly, uh, for what it's worth, was also a member of the. Uh, Hail Mary defense against Tim Couch that cost us a buzzer beater against the Cleveland Browns. We, as Saints fans, all remember that one fondly. Yay. Um, yep. yep. Um, in that, in that same draft, he also took Jared Tomich, oh, and I have, God. No, I, I have no idea how that guy didn't make it in this tournament. Um, and then later in that same draft, he goes with the Heisman Trophy winner Danny Werfel and the Heisman Trophy finalist Troy Davis. Oh my. Um, both very decorated college football players. And I think the fans were very excited to get both of them thinking that Ditka would turn them into magic. Um, They were both complete disasters, never lived up to the success they had in college. Um, But the biggest decision that Ditka made that in year one, believe it or not, it wasn't any of those horrible decisions. It was giving a huge contract to Heath Shuler. Um, And Heath Shuler was so bad as a starting quarterback he threw two touchdowns and 14 interceptions. The Saints paid him a seven-year contract for almost $20 million, which at the time was astronomical. And they were rewarded with two touchdowns and 14 interceptions. Um, now, did he bounce back in year two? No, he didn't. He had a toe injury. And that toe injury was apparently so bad that he retired from football. So he got a seven-year 20 million dollar deal he returned the favor with two touchdowns 14 interceptions and a career-ending injury so then we go to year two (laughs) and Ditka drafts Kyle Turley in the first round uh Kyle Kyle Turley was okay but you'll remember uh his claim to fame with the Saints is of course tearing the helmet off of a Jets player and getting ejected and Mickey Loomis and him almost coming to blows in Mickey Loomis's office before he traded him and then publicly said uh, he's now the Chiefs' problem, or the Rams' problem, sorry. And um, that's the only time I have ever heard Mickey Loomis publicly say something bad about a player. Um, he then went on to draft Cam Cleland, who is a guy that suffered tears in each of his Achilles tendons during his career, as well as a detached retina. Um, that detached retina, by the way, was caused by Andre Royal, who was another big Ditka pickup, um, who detached his retina because he hit Cleland in the face with a bag of quarters. Um, Royal was a uh, um, was off the team before he ever played it down for the Saints. Um, and uh, lastly in that draft, he also drafted Fred Weary, also in this tournament. Oh, my God. Uh, Fred Weary, uh, he uh, is... I liken him to Jason David. You hate Jason David, you would have hated Fred Weary. Um, that season was supposed to be much improved at, at quarterback because he got Billy Joe to- Hobart, who then tore his Achilles tendon, much like Cam Cleland, and would seedway to Billy Joe Tolliver. He managed to find the only two quarterbacks in the entire league that both had the first name Billy Joe. Yeah, apparently he had a Billy Joe fetish. Um, he also decided to to do a quarterback carousel with Kerry Collins, um, who was was, al-
2: fond drunk. was
0: aging and alcohol dependent, um, <laughs> and all three of them performed poorly, and the team once again went six and ten for the second straight season. So in 1999, his third year, he decides that um, the one missing piece to this equation, because at this point his his big free agent signing was Lamar Smith who um, got in a DUI and paralyzed someone, um, and he was a disaster. So uh, the Saints decide to trade their entire draft in 1999 and a first and third round pick the following year for Ricky Williams. So he basically gave up uh, nine players for Ricky Williams, nine draft picks, including two firsts, a second, and two thirds um, for the rights to pick Ricky Williams. Um he would then pose with Ricky Williams in a dress as if he was marrying him. And he would also pose in a picture wearing fake dreadlocks. Um, Ditka, getting Ricky Williams, his crown jewel, uh, would turn in a 3 and 13 season. Um, the Billy Joe tandem was, of course, the, uh, the, the lion's share of the snaps at quarterback once again. Um, Hobart couldn't stay healthy. Tolliver was garbage. Big surprise. Um, and that season would go down in flames. But not before, uh, while being heckled by a fan, uh, Ditka on live TV would decide to grab his balls and point the middle finger at a Saints fan heckling him, uh, which would be on the news. Um, So Ditka went down in flames, and again, you can't point to any single one decision that was not a disaster. For me, Ditka is by far... Um, The worst hire, uh, the worst historical figure, uh, the worst era, um, anything you can point to. There is no one that tops Ditka in terms of failure with the, the organization. And we're talking about a history of failure in the 60s and 70s that meant no winning seasons, no playoff games. Ditka was worse than all of that.
2: He's like Jack McCoy on a roll in the Law and Order. Yeah, I mean, Jesus Jesus. Christ, I'm ready to convict. (laughs) Jesus, it's like Mike Tyson in the mid-80s at the top of just throwing right hands, just crushing it.
3: (laughs) Right, I feel like Trevor Burbick here, man. Jesus, man. Like, I know I'm getting fucking
2: KO'd. Um, You know, the only thing I'll say about Ditka is the Saints were really, really fortunate that his Ricky Williams – debacle didn't set them back until like about 2005 seriously they were really they were really fortunate that they got and it got corrected pretty quickly but uh kevin you hate rick venturi with the heat of a thousand suns so i will yep. let you make the case that he should defeat mike ditka in our semifinal.
3: well Well, now, I'm just a simple man. Y'all see me at church every Sunday. I'd like to think that when we all wake up, it's I put my pants on one leg at a time, just like everybody else.
1: There are, certain,
3: there are certain undeniable truths in this world. sun always comes up in the morning, always uh, sets in the west. Grass is green, and the sky is blue, and Rick Venturi is the worst motherfucking coach <laughs> Whoever stepped on a sideline in the game of football.
2: But why are you turning into Colonel Sanders? I don't know.
3: Jesus. I gotta pizzazz it up. J- Juge fucking brought out guns. <laughs> now... Uh. The defendant in this case, one Richard Venturi. (laughs) Bear with me now, please. No disrupt in the courtroom. Order. Thank you. Now, the man's coaching career began as an assistant at Purdue. It was not the best. He then went to Illinois, also in the Big Ten, as a defensive backs coach. Also, did not do that well. He got his job, a head coaching job, at the University of Northwestern, the Wildcats, <laughs> if you will. Oh, <laughs> so, from 1978 to 1981, Ventura's the Wildcats' record with Ventura at the helm was 131 and one. They set an NCAA Division One record of consecutive losses with 34. Now, this man. Something should have told him then to stop. Just stop. Just to go sell used cars, maybe. But no. Our intrepid man decided, I need to go and change my identity. And where can men get a new identity and start over? Why in Canada? So he went up north. And join the Hamilton Tiger Cats as an assistant. And sure enough, they made the playoffs for the Grey Cup. And that would be enough for Jim Ursay's father, the drunken, senile fool, Ursay Sr., to say, Yes, I'm running a football team. Why don't you come and help me out? So he went and joined the 1982-83 Baltimore Colts as a linebackers coach. Just one year of Rick Venturi as a as a defensive coach and the city couldn't stand couldn't stand Rick Venturi in their city. So they allowed the team to move <laughs> under cover of darkness with the Mayflower trucks.
2: Rick Venturi, blame for the Colts leaving. That's a first.
3: I'm throwing what I have. (laughs) He was with the Indianapolis Colts from the mid-80s to the early 90s. He was named interim head coach in 1991, and it was shit.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You're As a, a head hell coach, hell a
3: I'm not even at the Saints yet. As a head coach oh, in the NFL, me, I know. <laughs> thanks. As a head coach in the NFL, Rick Venturi has a career head coaching record of two wins and 17 losses. So after the 93 season, the Colts mercifully parted ways. But Rick Venturi, like a plague, spread. This time, <clears throat> To the unfortunate Berg of Cleveland.
2: (laughs) Oh, we forgot about Cleveland. He was brought
3: in as a D-backs coach. And then became the D.C. in 1995. After that, the franchise ceased to be. (laughs) It just upped and moved. It was like a wizard cast a spell on it. And Rick Venturi was once again without a job. But like a salmon... Swimming upstream, but in Rick Venturi's case, in a river of shit, <laughs> he found his way to the New Orleans Saints in 1996.
2: You suddenly sound like Gary Oldman from that science fiction movie with Bruce Willis. I don't oh, The remember. Fifth Element is a great movie. Yeah. Continue. Well, well he's and forth
4: between that and Foghorn Leghorn.
3: <laughs> and I say, whoa there, boy. <laughs> Look, I've been pulling out all the stops here. And in nineteen ninety-six, he was a linebackers coach and and an interim head coach. The Saints were shit. And he was there at the end of the Mora era. Mora gets fired. Somehow, like a cockroach at the end of an atomic blast. Rick Venturi survives. Mike Ditka comes in and oh, Mike Ditka sees something in our special trooper Rick Venturi and says this is a man that needs to be an assistant head coach (laughs) clearly this man just needs another opportunity to succeed oh how wrong he was so in 1997 and 98 and 99 This team was the shits. So finally, in 2000, Jim Haslett comes along and says, you know what? Mike Ditka didn't know how to use you. I'll figure it out. So there we go. He becomes the... D-backs coach and an assistant head coach, or, the, yeah, an assistant head coach. The defense, maybe because they were putting something in the water, or maybe it was because Jim Hazlitt didn't have enough time to draft enough linebackers. <laughs> the Saints actually had a top-ten defense. They allowed only 4,700 yards. However, compared to their compatriots, they gave up 305 points. And it was still enough to get to the playoffs, which is fine. So great. Maybe we've turned something around with old Rick. Maybe old Rick knows what he's doing. Maybe old Rick can help uh, right the ship with Hazlitt at his side. Not going to happen. The Saints dropped to the middle of the pack in defense, 16th. They give up 5,070 yards, but, and but, they give up 409 points.
2: (laughs) That's a lot of points.
3: Fifth worst in the league. So let's go ahead to 2002. 2002, folks. The Saints, on defense. Sixth Worst. They give up 5,796 yards and 388 points. That 5796 is sixth worst in the league. The point total, seventh worst in the league. And Rick Venturi remains gainfully employed. Rick Venturi was the DC from 02 to 05. Passing, passing yards given up while he's the DC. The Saints, sixth worst. In 0-2, they gave up over 3,800 in 2003. The passing yard's given up. Please load. Thank you. The Saints defense, the Saints passing defense, surprises. Gives up only 2,900. But because he's still an assistant coach, the defense is still middling of the fucking pack. So you think, well, maybe it can't be this fucking worse. Maybe Rick Venturi might have finally figured out a way. Maybe Rick Venturi might be in the old bend-but-don't-break mode of his uh, career. Might have only taken him decades in the league. You want to guess how that turned out? In 2004, the Saints post the worst overall defense They surrender 6,141 yards, league worst, point totals. They surrender 405, fifth worst, passing yards. Again, while he's still the D-backs coach, give up 3,888. That's sixth worst. So then finally, oh, I'm sorry, he's the defensive coordinator by now. So finally in two thousand and five <laughs> two thousand and five, mind it's you, like, a fucking it's like the a winter natural winter. the natural disaster occurs. And that's not enough. Rick Venturi then has to go along and guide this fucking sad sack fucking team to middle of the road defense, middle of the road passing. Middle of the road rushing defense, and mercifully, <laughs> mercifully, this guy is fucking fired and sent packing with Jim Hazlitt. and he follows good old Has to the to the St. Louis Rams. We don't care Rams. about
2: St. Louis. We don't care about. And
3: they're fucking terrible <laughs> as well. And finally, in after two thousand and eight, he's cast adrift. nobody's heard from him since oh wait i'm sorry not nobody me i fucking hear him because since i moved up here in 2008 right after he left the fucking field in st louis he comes right on the radio and the motherfucking media gives this man
2: some kind of
3: respect
2: did he earn any no! <laughs> Kevin, sum up Rick Venturi in 20 seconds why he needs to be the worst saint ever. Most hated. Most hated saint's personality ever?
3: <laughs> he survived. He survived more getting fired at the very end. He survived Mike Ditka.
2: When they fired everybody.
3: When they fired everybody. When Dick, look. As god-awful as Mike Ditka was, he survived that. <laughs> How do you survive that? That's like, being, that's like being in a fucking Hugo. You run into an 18-wheeler and get plowed by another 18-wheeler, and Rick Venturi is the only fucking guy to walk out of that going, all right, what are we doing next? And then hop in a fucking car and drive that one off a cliff. That's Rick Venturi, folks. I want to vote if you Rick... gave, If you gave Rick Venturi a fucking gun that was pointing at you, if you gave him the grip and said, shoot me, he'd find a way to turn the gun around and shoot himself. <laughs> That's Rick Venturi.
2: If I, I, I want to vote Venturi because Kevin just gave his life story, and it's, tr- it's tragedy and failure. But I can't. I gotta vote Ditka because Andrew just killed it. So I vote yeah. uh I vote Ditka. Uh, and I assume Andrew votes Ditka and Kevin votes Venturi. So Dave, yes. what do you vote?
4: Oh, I have all the power. Uh, <laughs> how long was Ventura with the Saints?
3: He was oh, shit. Hang on, let me go back.
4: Oh, you're unprepared. At 90s. This, no, no, this no. 90s, 96, 96
3: to
0: 2005. 10 oh, Wow, that's a long time. A freaking decade.
3: <laughs> a, 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 a decade. A decade of of <laughs> a decade of shit
4: <laughs> This is tough. Ah. Uh... Well, what are we going to do if it's a tie? How are we going to break we'll this We'll
2: throw time? it out on the internet, I guess.
4: Yeah, I think I'm going to go with Venturi.
2: Oh! Wow. Th- throw it out on the internet, and while we wait for the internet question, while we wait for somebody to respond on the internet...
0: Dave, are you throwing it out? You got it? I'm also throwing it out on Twitter. Okay, okay. Okay.
2: Um,
0: this is serious. They need to take it serious seriously. serious stuff.
2: Um... Andrew, Make sure
0: you let them know. First answer, you know, breaks the tie. So.
2: Andrew, and let them know uh, it's
0: serious. Twitter and
2: questions. Andrew we will do rapid fire. Bradley, he asked, "Saints blogger most likely to streak naked, naked through through Bourbon Street with Rob Ryan is?" Kevin Held. I think so too. I think, I think, I think Kevin Held in full wrestling regalia drunk I think that's I think I think that's that's the proper answer What's the ticket um Kevin more likely to happen Saints go undefeated next season or the Stone Temple Pirates play halftime at the Super Bowl
0: well I don't know who the Stone Temple Pirates are uh, but I think that's Stone Temple. Old. that's my old band
2: oh that's a
0: hardcore <laughs> fan Craig in Baltimore yeah that's impressive
3: but uh <laughs> wait are you serious
0: Yes, my old we we pirated their song, so we were the Stone Temple Pirates.
3: <laughs> oh shit! I think. Wait, hang on. Do we have it? Do we have the broken tie? Yeah, Ditka.
2: All wow. Right. All right. To answer the question, Kevin, and then we'll get to the final.
3: Uh, the Stone Temple Pirates
2: playing at halftime. Yeah. Yeah, baby. All right, so wow! Now-
3: and just seconds later, one for Venturi. Fuck. No. Well, that's what happens. That's what so, happens, yeah. man. First
2: to respond.
0: Ditka! Hey, this is sudden death, man. A Ditka field goal versus, in the playoffs.
2: Mike Ditka versus Jason David. I'll vote first. This one, to me, it's not that
4: difficult.
0: No, I can't believe Jason David made it. Uh, because... He he was a one seed.
2: Dit, Jason David was a one seed. Ditka, when you lay it out like Andrew did, the destruction and horribleness that he caused is just too much to deny. I vote I vote Ditka, and he really deserves more scorn. <laughs> and I will respect him 5% less this upcoming football season, so thank you, Andrew. So I vote no Ditka. Problem. Dave, your vote. Yeah,
4: I mean, Jason David only screwed the Saints for two years, and I mean, Ditka, you know, Ditka was just a dumpster fire. So (laughs) I'm going to go with Ditka for the win. Kevin? I am
3: also going to go with Mike Ditka. It's like Jason – look, Jason David is the bar with which shitty uh, play on the field will be judged. But Mike Mike Ditka – was not only a shitty coach, but just managed to attract the wrong, the worst kind of attention. And with that stupid fucking Ricky Williams move, <laughs> fuck the franchise for years afterwards. I mean, it, yeah, just fuck the franchise for years afterwards. So yeah, I gotta
4: go Ditka. I mean, the good news, the good news is, I mean, they're they're really they're both winners or losers, <laughs> whatever you want to say. Because I mean, here we have, I mean. These could be they could both be winners because Jason David could be the most hated Saints player on field and Ditka could be just the most hated Saints, uh, you know, personnel person or or non player. So they're both losers slash winners in my
0: mind.
2: Andrew, are you surprised that Ditka won the whole thing?
0: Uh, yeah, a little bit. I mean, he wasn't a one seed. So I think when we first drafted this, um, you know, no, he was woefully underseeded. Yeah, he was woefully underseeded. So I'm a little surprised, but, uh, you know, I think as we started to do research and really dive into it and I watched old YouTubes of how he handled his press conferences. I mean, that's the other thing, you know, as bad as Jason David was and as much heat as he caught, you know, I think you respect him as a person for, you know, he took his medicine. Um, D- Ditka was the worst, man. I mean, the way he handled – Crotch I mean, was, grabbing. Yeah, I mean, it was highly entertaining. <laughs> it, it, you know, it was, it, it was funny. Um, but in terms of, like, class, you know, classy or, you know, did he handle it appropriately? I mean, he it was just a dumpster fire from At top least to he bottom. At wasn't
2: boring. I'll give him that. If you're going to be fucking 15 and 33, that's the way to do it. Yep, and entertaining. At least he wasn't well, like Jacksonville where you
0: both, both both play, both both guys went down in flames with the Saints. Um you know the only negative I would say is that they they couldn't happen in tandem um because they definitely deserved each other. Um <laughs> but I but I'll leave with this parting thought. Um Mike Ditka would have been so lucky to have Jason David on his roster. That's be, how bad the decisions yes. he made w- were. Jason David could have arguably arguably been a plus in the Mike Ditka system. Well, congratulations to Mike Ditka. You are the most hated saint ever,
2: and you will get a complimentary bag of poop sent to the golf course in your honor. All right. Before for, we for get out of being, here, we
0: have some impressive really rebound, I have to say, from Ditka to, to sweep the finals after uh, a close one with Venturi.
2: It was. Yeah. Um,. So, we've got some fun Twitter questions. So, I want to get them rapid fire and we'll get out of here. Andrew, was Ditka as bad as Mike Smith is? And could we get Atlanta to hire him?
0: Oh, my God. I wish Ditka was so much worse than Mike Smith. So much worse. Guys, I'm
3: actually going to tweet Mike Ditka and link him to the uh, tournament. Actually, I don't think he's
2: on this. Damn it. Never mind. Dave, are the Pacers going to send a letter to his house?
0: Hey, are you guys on, this, on the bracket right now on the website? I was. I just switched it, it, off. It, it says, final results, supreme champion Mike Ditka, worthy <laughs> adversary Jason David. <laughs> Wait, it does? Where does it yeah. say that? On the top, under final results, above the bracket. Dave, this is from
2: Super Saiyan Saint. It says, should we call Matt Ryan Matt Rihanna after his owner's whining? <laughs>
0: I like that. Ah, uh, sure. Go ahead, call him that. That's uh, my new. That's my new writer for Saints Nation. By the way, he's awesome. Uh, Andrew, who is that? Now, who is this? Super Saiyan Saint Brian pavik Cool. He's been writing for Saints Nation some. So.
2: Yeah, he 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 fires he, a bunch of questions at. Yeah,
0: him. he's been fired. He's been posting some good stuff this week on Saints Nation.
2: Andrew Loomis. Peyton and Breeze are all in the water drowning. You can only save two. Who gets left behind?
0: Oof. You know, I'm going to take the very unpopular decision here, and I'm going to let Breeze drown because I feel like – well, first of all, if you're a GM or a coach in terms of longevity, you, you just have a longer shelf life than than a quarterback does, especially a 35-year-old quarterback. So I think I, I let Breeze go because I, I feel like w- with Loomis and his cat magic and, and Peyton's offense, um, I, I have some faith that they could recreate some magic without Drew Brees. In fact, if they stay after Breeze retires, um, I still have confidence that they could put together a winning team. So. Um, I know that's not a popular pick, but I would, I would think I would pick Brees. Kevin, this is from Bitter. Uh,
2: what's the worst Freudian slip you've ever had in your life?
0: Oh, man. Come on, Kevin. This is like tailor-made for you, man. It is. The say, here's,
3: here's the sad thing. The sad thing is I'm sure I've got about five or six really good answers.
2: But none are coming to you now.
3: Right, none are coming to me. Like, I've probably made so many that I just, you know, I just say, all right, well, I just put my foot in my mouth, oh well, and try and move on.
2: <laughs> uh,
3: I'm sorry, I can't give you a real good answer, man.
2: Uh, Andrew, what two current Saints players could replace the, Wayne brother, the Waynes brothers the best in the movie White Chicks? <laughs>
0: Uh, I'm assuming they have to be white. No. 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 Well, the uh, Wayans just, brothers aren't. That's true. Uh, I guess Kenny Stills and uh, I'm gonna go with Mark Ingram. I would say Kenny Stills and
2: Thomas Morstead. Yeah, that's a good one.
0: All right. Um, and
2: Dave, this one is this one will be a wrap-up question for you. Uh, fuck murder. Kill or what is it? Fuck, uh, fuck, marry, kill. Roddy White, Roger Goodell, Pete Carroll.
0: Pete Carroll did just get a nice new contract. He did. You might want, you might want to marry him. Yeah. I would have locked that down.
2: <laughs> He's old too. He could die at any minute. He's in his sixties.
0: But then you got to hear his truth or bullshit. Oh, yeah. So Dave Ed, go t- Ed go Ed to it, talk go
2: to it and wrap it wrap it up so we can get out of here. Wrap it up. <laughs> doo doo. Dave, you there? You thinking? You pondering? Is Dave even there or is he gone? Oh sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm here. I don't
4: I don't know why my phone was on mute. <laughs> Alright. So um so I would I would marry Goodell because what? he's got listen up, listen up. Because he's got he's got tons of money. He does. And they I all could, do.
2: Well, I know, but, but Goodell's, Goodell's got more money than all of them, though. That's a good. Yeah. And so
4: that, and then I could I could potentially s- sway him a little bit, you know, and, and and maybe change him, and maybe not make him be such a dick. Um, <laughs> I, I, would, luck. I would. I um, would. I would kill Pete Carroll. I don't know why, but I would just kill Pete <laughs> Carroll.
5: <laughs>
4: Help and the I, Saints! And I guess that means, yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't really need to kill Roddy White. He's not really not that effective against the Saints anyway. And I guess I have to have sex with Roddy White just. Oh. <laughs> He's probably oh. a screamer.
2: <laughs> <laughs> He's probably a screamer. Is there any? Better way to end this podcast than that. If uh, you guys
3: well retweet me because I uh just tweeted to uh ESPN's NFL Twitter feed about Mike Ditka. So
2: there you go. So go to I'm sure they're do something about Canal Street Chronicles. Dave's got the draft covered. Go to Saints Nation. Andrew's doing best Saints drafts ever. He's doing like fifty players deep. Uh Kevin is on Twitter,
0: and yep, <laughs> yep, that's about it. <laughs> Love it, as am I. I, I and can't he see still it hates now. Rick Venturi. I wrote yes, it. I do.
2: So, uh, on that note, until next week, uh, the draft's almost here. Next week, we won't have actual football news and we won't have the Saints' best, worst ever bracket to discuss. So
4: Yes, we uh, will. We'll have the Saints' schedule next week.
2: Oh, yeah, we'll have that. So uh, For Dave, for Andrew, for Kevin, I'm Ralph. Uh, so long. Until next week. I still hate you, Rick. What do you want to
1: know? Come on. Or I'm going to go in now. So if you don't- yeah.
3: What? Doesn't matter which one run. There'll be a quarterback that'll be named next week that'll be the starter. There's three quarterbacks in this football team. Whichever one starts starts. Whichever ones don't will back them out. Period, cut and dry. It's nobody's concern but ours. Nobody. Next
0: from the
1: talk to the trainer. Next. Mike, why are you in such a bad mood? What do you care? Okay. If you were 2 and 7, you'd be in a bad mood, too.
5: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for
1: the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express.